You know, uh, praise the Lord. God is amazing, isn't he? You know, we don't always understand God and everything he's doing and all of his ways. And I've been laughing because um, uh, every now and then somebody sends me a video or I have different pastors I follow and I'll look at them. And, and it seems like every preacher is saying exactly the same thing. I don't know what God's doing, but he's about to do something big. Everybody's saying the same thing. I was speaking with the Lord the other night. I had a dream and I said, God, what are you doing? He says, nothing. <laughs> Everybody's saying the same thing. And, uh, but everybody said, God's up to something, you know, and, and I really know he is. And the reason why I know he is, is because, you know, listen to me, church. I, I just want you to understand something. Darkness is never going to prevail. Amen. Darkness does not prevail against light, right. you know, come on. And, and I know that, that in, in life we've had some shocks and some, you know, like what, you know, what's going on. And, and we're, I think we're going to have some more. I think we're going to see some other stuff, but I, I was reading, you know, and, and, and I mean, this is how I talk to Jesus. I've been preaching this forever. You know, it's not like it's something new revelation to y'all. It shouldn't be. But it's how I talk to Jesus. I read my Bible all the time. And I was reading the other day, and I, this is where I want you to go, to the book of Amos. Amos. You say, who reads the book of Amos? I read the book of Amos. Amos chapter 5, verse 8. Amos 5, 8. Now, Amos was a sheep reader, Okay. So he's a little different than the rest of the prophets. He wasn't, it wasn't like he was, uh, you know, like, a, like a, a, in the rabbinical system. He was a sheep breeder, it says. But it says not that he was a sheep herder. It says specifically he was a sheep breeder. So this guy was like, you know, developing strains and better lines of sheep. That's what he did, Okay. And he says something here, because I like the book of Amos, because he talks like I can understand. Verse 8 said something. I was just reading through there, read through it, hit verse 8, chapter 5, verse 8, and I just, it just, I don't know, ignited something on the inside of me. He said, he made the Pallades, which is also, it's the seven sisters, the stars, and Orion. He turned, listen to this, he turned the shadow of death into mourning. And that's not mourning, like grieving, like you're mourning. It's the mourning. Like sometimes I get in trouble, like trying to say A-L-L and O-I-L. Because it all comes out to me as oil, you know? So I just want to make sure you understand this. This is the mourning, right? Not mourning. Got me? Okay, he, and I read this, and it says he turns a shadow of death into mourning. And so all of a sudden, it made me think about, of course, Psalms 23. Yea, that we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? The valley of the shadow of death. The valley of the shadow of death. Right? I mean, this doesn't sound like a good place to be, right? You're walking through the valley of the shadow of death. It's creeping in. The trees are creepy. Everything's creepy. It's coming down. It's going to eat you. It's going to overcome you. And all of a sudden, it's morning. And he's like, the shadow of death is gone because light came. Are you with me? That quick. Boom. All of a sudden, it's not creepy anymore. Lights got turned on. How many times have you 
Like if you're if you're up in the mornings when it's breaking daylight and you're looking outside, you know, you can see some weird things. Right. Because it just doesn't look right. You know, especially if it's a foggy morning or something you're like, what is that out there? You know, and you're looking and, you know, and then if you have a very vivid imagination, you can imagine all kinds of things. And all of a sudden it's morning and everything's just like, oh, that's nothing. That was just a pot plant sitting out there. Right. And when I read that, it was like, like I felt the Holy Ghost kind of just go whoop in, inside of me when I read that this morning, because it was that it was that, as if what looks so complicated right now that looks so disastrous right now. Because, I mean, if you if you look at any news, if you look at anything going on in the United States and, and, and you just see it, it just looks like, you know, like they're thundering and they're just victorious and, and the enemy is winning and, and everything is just being put down and we will rule and, right? But all of a sudden, boop, the light comes on and they're all going to be gone. The shadow of darkness is gone. And God was like, it was like, like my spirit was leaping on the inside of me saying that quick, boom. Just that quick, boom. Now, why why it you know why is it why is it transpiring like this? I have no idea whether it's just to get it as creepy looking as possible before God goes boom or so that no man gets glory because it has to be God, you know, like the Gideon kind of thing, you know. You just take an army of 300 with some pots and some you know and yell roll out are you like Jehoshaphat, where you put the band out in front of me. God likes to do it that way. He likes to get the odds overwhelming. You know, an, an, an army that's so huge, it looks like ants out there. And then one angel just goes out there and takes care of them. Right? Or the king's going to attack and the army's getting ready and they're coming and they're running. And then all of a sudden, says he hears a whisper. And they all, the army goes and turns and goes back to their land. You know what I'm saying? God likes to do it like that. He likes the odds to be overwhelming. He wants you to know that he's God. Hear what I'm saying? He wants you to know that he's God. And so just because things look bad doesn't mean God's not moving. It just means it's getting set up to all of a sudden turn the lights on. Morning. Shadow of, of death is gone. Hello? Okay. So that got me to thinking. <sighs> As a pastor, I really need to educate, not that y'all aren't educated, but I really need to remind you and, and, and build you with uh, uh, weapons that you can do battle with, okay? Because as the body of Christ, it's not going to be me that evangelizes the world. It's going to be y'all that evangelize the world, okay? Your world, all those around you. And so... As I said, Sunday, there's, there's some people out there that don't even know anything's happening. Truthfully. They're just, they don't, they're not involved in anything in, 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 in the world and politics or anything of this nature. And really, as long as the government doesn't do anything too bad to push on them, they're really not going to ever even rise up. Okay? And then there's those people out there that 
Yeah, they know it's bad and whatever, but they're just trying to figure the markets, figure the, the, the deal, trying to make businesses, trying to do business, just caught up in the world of, 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 of some people are you know, like maybe they're trying to get their degrees. Other people are trying to build their businesses. Other people are trying to find a better job, you know, whatever. And there's those kind of people out there. Then there's a group of people out there that are so utterly and totally completely in chaos that they're not thinking about anything either because they're just trying to stay alive. They're just literally trying to tread water to keep their, their nose above the water line, you know, is all they're trying to do. And then there's those that are all engaged and involved. And then there's those that are wicked, knowing what's going on, trying to do the plans of the enemy, all right? And so we as a church, we have to be smart. We have to understand the Bible says you are to be instant in season and out of season. In other words, you're not just instant when you're going to church. You're instant all the time, wherever you are. You have an answer for every person. So one of the things that's out there going around in the world is this, there's a big division coming in the church. And the big division coming in the church is all about um, that God is love. And from a progressive standpoint, God is love and he loves you. And basically, nothing you do could be wrong because God loves you. And he just wants you to be loved and happy. And so, go do anything. This, this came about from the message that has been preached for years and years and years on cheap grace. In other words, you don't need to deal with your sin, which sin would be anything that is um, opposed or opposite to what the word says. You don't really need to deal with that. You don't need to repent of it because there's grace for that. And so go do whatever you want to. I mean, we don't know this church because we're country people. We're old fashioned, good old gospel people. We just believe the word of God's true and, and you know, like this. But I'm telling you, but there's churches and places that, you know, really, if you want to have affairs, if you want to go do whatever you want to, cheat, steal, lie, whatever, it doesn't really make any difference. As long as you keep it under grace, all you have to do is stay under grace. This cheap grace has been preached forever. So consequently, from that, now it's gone into, you basically can do whatever you want to do, okay? Because God loves you. And there's a division in the body of Christ. It's not a division to us, and you don't really even have to think about it, because as long as you just keep this as a manual for your life, that the Bible is the inspired word of God, all of it from, from the front to the back, all of it's true. You may not understand it all or how to apply it all, but it doesn't really make any difference. It's true no matter what. Hello? And as long as you stand on those, that ground, well, then you've already got your um, theology straight. All right? So, but there's a lot of people out there that don't believe that. Now, you can't change somebody. You can't make somebody. See, this is the problem. I told my wife the other day, which this is a dumb statement, and I'm going to tell you what I said. <clears throat> but I was meaning it right at the moment. I said, the whole problem with this whole thing is, is this stupid thing called free will. Now, I'm right in one point, like you wouldn't have to worry about it if, everybody's doing, if you didn't have to not mess with somebody's free will. Because the bottom line is free will. God won't even violate free will. And if a person wants to just go to hell, well, then they're going to go to hell. If a person doesn't want to believe the Bible's true, you can't go beat them till they do believe the Bible's true. It has to be the Holy Spirit open their eyes to see it, right? Because he's not going to violate their free will. Free will gets involved in everything. Even Christians believe in God and whatever in their walk with Jesus, it all free will gets involved. That's why I said if we just didn't, this 
stupid thing called free will. But then we wouldn't be where we are, right? So that, it's a double-edged knife. It cuts both ways. So <clears throat> anyway, I'm getting off here. So there's some, there's some things I want to show you tonight about this great God that turns the shadow of darkness, a shadow of death, makes it disappear. Here you go. I'm just going to give these to you. You can go look them up or just write them down. Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1. It starts out, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The first thing you need to understand is God is a creator. God creates not chaos. God destroys chaos. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. Yeah, it was in chaos, and God came in, and he created order. God wants to create order in, in people's lives. He doesn't want, don't, doesn't want chaos in their lives. <coughs> Excuse me. He wants order. Now, that doesn't mean regimented every morning they get up at a certain time, they do a certain time. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about order to the things to, that you understand in life, not to be pulled and led astray by every wind of doctrine that blows. There's another group of people out there that really concern me because they're the ones that I call hyper-spiritual. And, and they, they, they run at anything that, that looks like it could be exciting in the kingdom of God. All right? And the problem is, is that you need to have, understand that God has ordered, God's doing something right now, and he's going to do it. And just gotta, you just got to quit looking for the fast food doctrine, the fast food thing, remain faithful, remain steady, remain walking in righteousness, remain going forwards, and let God do what God's going to do. Because trying to help him alone, it's not going to work. Right? He's not going to tell you the date that he's coming back. You're not going to get the inside scoop, and all of a sudden, you were worshiping God that morning. He says, April 13th, 2022. You're not going to get it. It's just give it to him. He says, no one knows the day and the time except the Father, and he's not going to tell it to you. We can look at all the signs. We're looking at everything going on. I saw an article today that really grieved me. It said Israel is getting to feel nervous about Biden beginning to snub them. That's not good. That's not good. But God is a creator. He wants to take the chaos in a person's life and bring order into it. All right. The, the next thing is in Genesis chapter three. I mean, excuse me, Genesis verse 3, it says, and God said, let there be light. God has an answer for their situation. Now, I don't have to figure it out. I just got to tell you, God's got an answer for it. You don't have to figure it out. When you're talking to somebody that's in chaos, you don't have to figure out all their chaos. You don't have to have the great psychological uh, you know, ability to deal with the person and help them and you will this and that and the other. No, no, no. You just need to get them to the creator so that he can bring light. Because most people, because of this free will thing, are hard-headed and are not going to do anything unless it's been revealed to them by the Holy Ghost anyway. They're not going to change. Not until conviction comes. 
And when conviction comes on a person's life, then they'll change. Or they can't harden their heart if they want to because it's a free will thing, right? But God has the answer. Okay, the next thing is John 3.16. Like, I'm giving you some easy ones tonight, all right? This is just kind of a raw, raw message, all right? In John 3.16, you have to understand something. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God loves his creation. Like, sometimes I get to thinking, like, I like to think crazy, not crazy, but just unusual things. Like I read the scripture the other day, it says that all creation is yearning and groaning and moaning for the, the return of the Lord, right? So then that got me thinking, all creation, so that means animals. So then I thought, well, you feed the birds. And I said, what about, so then do deer pray? What is yearning? They know God. So I walked out there, I was feeding my deer, and I said, hey, you know Jesus? I didn't get a response. They all kind of looked at me funny, like, what? God loves his creation. God loves what he made. Listen to me, God loves you tonight. Everyone out there, God loves you. His love is abounding towards you so much that he gave his own son for you. He is not going to forsake you. The enemy wants you to think that because Things don't line up like you want them to, but God's not forsaking. His love is abounding towards us. While we were worshiping tonight, I got to thinking, I wonder what it would be, what it's going to be like to worship in heaven. Like, talk about a, I mean, like, I, I don't know. I mean, that, that's going to be different. Because all of a sudden you're with the innumerable multitude worshiping God, and you're feeling his love. I mean, just imagine how that... God loves his creation. He's not forsaking anybody. He's not forsaking his creation. Okay? Now, to the next point. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 11. God's able to defend what he's created. Jeremiah 20, 11 says, but the Lord is with me as a mighty, awesome one. And I gave you that and I amplified it. It says, as a, uh, what champion? A awesome champion or a, no, dread champion. There you go. There was some kind of champion. But the Lord is with me as a dread champion, one to be greatly feared. That's who's on your side. <coughs> That's who's on your side. I was listening to a, a minister the other day. Somebody sent me the video. I watched it, and I, I didn't know the person. And, uh, but as they were speaking, I, I, I was like relating to them because I'm telling y'all, when, when before, right before this Last February, before the COVID came in and everything started going haywire, I kept hearing, I kept waking up in the middle of the night and I was hearing a drum beat. And I, I went, I started researching drum beats and trying to figure out what is this, but it was like a, like a warring drum beat. And I, I, I just kept hearing this over and over and over and over and over again in my head. And then yeah, I'd go for a few days, I wouldn't hear it, and then I'd hear it again. And, and I just kept thinking, Lord, what are you doing? And then all this stuff came up and went on. 
And, and I'm hearing more and more people talk about, uh, you know, and prophesying that, that there, there's coming this time where there's the merging of the saints with the angelic host in going forth into battle. And so I thought, man, there's got to be a drum beat in there somewhere, you know? And I believe God's calling his people together, calling his armies up, calling us to get into prayer, calling us to stand and rebuke, calling us to stand and, and, and come against the enemy. And, and, but it's, it's God's able to defend them, all of uh, God's able to defend and defeat them because he is the dread champion. He is the captain of the host. He is the God who is in charge. Folks, and I don't care what, there comes a time and a point when, when the free will of man is going to run into the authority of God and they're going to lose. You can't just be a devil and act like a devil and think you're going to get away with it. Can't do it. You're eventually going to run into the authority of God. It's going to say, no, you're not doing that anymore. Which takes me to Matthew 26, 53. Jesus in the garden. Jesus is in the garden. It's such a strange thing here because if you, you look at it, Jesus told them, he said, look, uh, I, I told you when you went out, and, and, and I'm paraphrasing this, when you go out and you go out preaching everywhere, he said, don't worry about taking anything with you because everybody's going to take care of you and the anointing's going to be there. They're gonna, people are going to take care of you, feed you, do whatever you want to. But he said, now it's time's coming, things are changing. And so now you better go take your purse that you had, you better sell it, and you better go buy a sword. Now, that was a complete turnaround from what he had told them, right? He said, now you better go get a sword, all right? And then when they're in the garden, Peter decides he's going to use it, right? And he, whoosh. And then Jesus says to him, hey, stop, 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 stop. Matthew 26, 53 says, don't you think I cannot pray for my father and he would provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? Old Testament, one angel. Killed 185,000 Assyrians in one night. What does a legion do? If it was counted as a Roman legion, 12 legions would be 72,000. If that was numbered by Roman legions. Angel legions may be different, okay? But I'm just saying, you're talking about a huge force. Jesus said, he said that. <clears throat> so see, here's where free will meets the authority of God. Jesus is like saying, stop, stop. I got to go through this, but I could just speak. And angels, That's, we're going to end this. That power. He is the commander of the host of heaven. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever forget the God you serve. He's not weak. He's not defeated. He's not incapable. He's God. He has a reason for everything he's doing. He has a timing for everything he's doing. And there's a time and a season for everything that he does. Now, last scripture. Psalms 41, 1 and 2. Psalms 41, 1 and 2. Now, look what he says for those people that will act like him. So let me ask you someone. You know, I've heard this. I heard this at a youth camp years and years ago, and it's always stuck with me. And it probably was said before that, that God is always into 
addition and multiplication, and the devil is into division and subtraction. That always stuck with me, okay? And so if, you're, if you in your life are being like God and you're being a creator, you're being someone that stands for righteousness, being someone who is bringing light into other people's lives, is being a person who's loving people and caring about people, then this is what God says he'll do for you. Psalms 41, 1 and 2. Blessed is he who considers the poor. The Lord will deliver him in a time of trouble. The Lord will preserve him and keep him alive, and he will be blessed on the earth. You will not deliver him to the will of his enemies. He says, if you have a heart to be like me, then I'm going to make sure and deliver you. And how do you know? Because you're a person that considers the poor. You're a person that's creating. You're a person who's shining light. You're a person who's loving people. You're a person who's delivering people and setting people free. Amen? So, I want you to be encouraged tonight. Don't ask me why. I'm just going to tell you what. All right? You go look at the news. You go look at all that stuff. You're going to get discouraged and depressed, and it's going to look like whatever. Don't do it. Stay in the good news. Stay in the good news. Stay in who God is and what God is. Keep your theology straight. Don't let anybody get you sidetracked. When you get around people, you're getting you trying to get you sidetracked and this and that and the other, then you just say, ah, oh, God's going to take care of it. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, praise God. Praise God. Um. Praise God. For everyone out there watching, listen, I want to encourage you. Man, make your house a sanctuary. I want to see 500 churches started all over the United States, all over the world, from everyone watching the broadcast. Invite somebody into your house and have the broadcast with them on Sunday and, and uh, share a meal and pray for one another and be Christians. Reach out to people around you in your neighborhood. Reach out for those around you. Get yourself prepared every morning you go out into the world that you're going to come across people. Just keep your heart ready to witness to them and minister to them. Feel such a burden for people that are just lost and undone right now. And there's no way we can get it out except we do it. Amen? So, so I, want to, I want everybody to stand. I want to pray over you and bless your finances, bless your life, bless you at this time. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, Lord, for everyone listening to this message, I just declare a blessing upon them. Lord, you said that we're blessed when we consider the poor. And I just declare we want to be like you, Jesus. We want to be people that are creators and, 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 and bringing light into situations and helping people and blessing people. Lord, we want to be like you. So I pray over everyone tonight, Lord God, that we don't miss opportunities around us. That as we have divine appointments of people coming across our path and, and, and open doors opening up, that, Lord, we, we, we see them, we attack it, and see victory, Lord. And, Lord, I just declare right now in Jesus' name, I thank you for blessing people, blessing their finances, blessing them over just more than they could ever imagine in life, doing things for people right now 
Lord, where they think there's no hope, Lord God, you just bust open the door and you give them such blessings upon their lives. Thank you, Lord God, that we continue to reach people around the world with the gospel. Continue to build churches, orphanages, Lord God, feeding children, doing all that you've called us to do. And Lord, we just give you praise for it and thanks for it, Lord. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. God bless you, church.